Day after the Chiefs got thrashed last night by, by the Blues. Oh, what a good weekend for him to be away, isn't it? A perfect weekend. I got a little note from him this morning just wishing us well today, but I had to remind him uh, just of what had happened. I said it started really well. The week started really well. So, yeah, it's good to be with you guys today. And uh, we're doing a series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, some of you, maybe like me, uh, grew up in an evangelical church where the Holy Spirit was not talked about very much. I can't remember uh, hardly ever hearing uh, about the Holy Spirit when uh, the church I grew up in. And, uh, but as God began to lead me into this area and open my, my eyes into the work of the Holy Spirit, it was a transforming thing in my life. And uh, so we're going to do a four-week series on it and uh, discuss it. And so hopefully some of you, it may be uh, uh, stuff that you're familiar and growing up with, but others maybe like myself. Uh, it's a whole new area and it's a great, be a great adventure, a great walk. Uh, to know the, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, his power at work in our lives. And uh, I know for myself, it's just been a transforming thing. You can't imagine yourself, uh, maybe down somewhere like the South Island, you've got a, 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 a great mountain range. And then on one side of the range, uh, you've got like, uh, it's dry, it's sort of like the, the Crusaders, you know, it's dry, it's... <laughs> It's barren and uh, there's nothing there. It's like it's almost like dead, you know. But then uh, you go up to the top of the Alps and uh, you get to the other side. It's like a transformation. It's lush and it's green and it's uh, fruitful. And, you know, it's, there's like a, a marked difference there where this mountain range just divides the land uh, from one side to the other. Well, the day of Pentecost divides the word of God, just like the Southern Alps. And before the day of Pentecost, we have the Old Testament. Uh, there were men and women in the Old Testament that uh, knew the anointing of the Holy Spirit just came upon them occasionally and, and it sort of came and left and he came and, and he left and, and uh, they knew that but it really wasn't consistent. It was sort of like, you know, the Canterbury side. It was sort of like dry and it was flat and, and so on. And then Jesus came. And then we see the life of Jesus. Jesus came to, down to earth. He, he lived a good life. Jesus uh, was the word made flesh. Uh, he debated, remember, as, just as a young boy, he debated the scriptures with the scholars there. And they were amazed at his knowledge uh, of the word. He, and, uh, but he didn't perform any miracles. And so 30 odd years, uh, you know, Jesus was here on this earth and, and uh, living and moving and living a good life and knowing the word of God, uh, but no miracles. And then the Holy Spirit came upon him. And uh, really, apart from those that were really close to him, he was unknown for those 30 years. It was like nothing. But after the Holy Spirit came upon him, everything changed. In those three years, everybody uh, in the region knew about him. The difference was the Holy Spirit working through him. It was like crossing the Alps and going from one side to the other. And all of a sudden, there was like life, there was growth uh, that was happening. And then, what, but Jesus, he was uh, limited while he was on earth. He was limited to uh, one place and to one time. And he was limited to a human body, just like uh, we have. And uh, he just, a, new, a few new people knew about him, uh, the people in the region in which he lived. And so Jesus said to his disciples, you've got in your notes here, John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, 
He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. We think, how is this possible that, that we could do greater works than what Jesus did? Well, they're not greater works in quality, but they're greater works in quantity. Now, we see in verse 16, he says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth that the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells in you and will be uh, dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus said that he's going to give us another helper. He's going to give us another counselor. It is going to be another that will be the same as him. And so we know just before Jesus ascended into heaven, he spoke to his disciples. You see in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, and said, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the time or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then we know what happened. We read in Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 1, and it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were seating. And then there appeared to them um, divided tongues of, as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them Utterance. We say that, you know, we belong to a Pentecostal church. The word Pentecost means 50. Uh, it was a Jewish feast that came 50 days after the Feast of the, uh, feast of the Passover. And uh, so uh, it really celebrated the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. Remember, they came out of Egypt and, and then they came to Mount Sinai and Moses went up the mountain and was given the law. And so Pentecost celebrated that. It was 50 days after the feast of the Passover, celebrating the giving of the law to Moses. See, the law was their guide. Uh, it was their schoolmaster. It was their guide to life. Uh, it showed the people, like, this is how you please God. You've got to keep the Ten Commandments. You've got to keep the law. Uh, but it was a hard, and it was dreary, and it was like legalistic. It was like a hard schoolmaster that could never be pleased. All the time, they're trying to keep the law. And, uh, you know, they, they're failing, and so they're feeling bad about that. And, and Jesus said, I've come to give you abundant life. But they weren't having abundant life. They're trying to keep the law. It was a hard, legalistic life that they were living. The Lord told them God's demands. These are God's requirements. The, the, the law reminded them that, that they were sinners and, and the law brought them under condemnation because they couldn't keep the law of God. They always felt feeling bad about it. But then on the day of Pentecost, something happened. Jesus not only had dealt with the sin problem by dying on the cross, but he also gave us power. 
so that he gave us power by giving us his spirit. Why did he do that? So that we could know what God wants us to know. We could do what God wants us to do. We could say what God wants us to say. See, there are four steps that you should know in your Christian initiation. The first one is this. There is repentance. Repentance means to turn around. And so, you know, you're living your own life. You're pleasing yourself. You're just getting on with things. You know, you're going this way. And all of a sudden, you're confronted with your sin. And you think, there's something wrong. And so you repent. You turn around towards God. There's a second step that you need to know, and that is to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Because when it comes to God, Jesus said, I am the way the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So it's not good enough just for you to be saying, I'm going to repent from my sin, and which direction shall I go? Maybe through this way, maybe through that way. No, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father. You repent and then you receive Jesus into your life as your Lord and your Savior. And then the next step in your Christian life that you should know is water baptism. See, you, everyone, if, if you have repented, then you should get baptized in water. When you repent, when you turn to Jesus, sometimes that's something that's very private, something that you do inside. Somebody, maybe nobody even knows about it. You've done it in the privacy uh, of, of your home and your bedroom, maybe just quietly up the front in an altar call. Uh, but water baptism is a public demonstration of what you've done inside. Water baptism, in a sense, is salvation through the eye gate. You know, people can see what you've done. And, and so you, you, you obey the Lord. You go down into the waters of baptism, the sign that you have died, you've repented, you've come up to live a new life in Jesus Christ. But then there's a fourth step that you should know in your Christian initiation, and that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is receiving the power of God so that you can live the life that God wants you to live. And so you should know those four steps in your Christian initiation. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verse 9, to the disciples, he said, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on higher. Some of you may remember uh, the program that used to be on TV called American Hero, sort of an old program. Some of you may remember that, you know. There was this guy, little skinny guy, a bit like Pastor Darrell, you know, and he, just a little fella. He could win a Mr. Puniverse contest, you know. He's just a, just a little weak little fella there, you know. But then he put the suit on. When he put this suit on, you know, all of a sudden he was clothed with a power that he never had before. See, that's what this verse is talking about here. When we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're clothed with power from on high. He gives us an enabling that we never had in our life before. Before we were Mr. Puniverse, you know, we were always up and down. But now that there is an inner power that has come into our life. See, without the power of God, without the power of the Holy Spirit, we will achieve nothing of lasting value in the kingdom of God. But with the Holy Spirit working through us, we can produce a fruit that remains. See, a good personality will gather people, but it won't hold them eventually. They will scatter. 
You know, maybe a positive mental attitude is a, it will improve your situation. It may even bring healing into your life, but then you will find it only lasts as long as you keep the positive mental attitude uh, up. But the Holy Spirit, he comes to us. It's like he comes with the bank book of heaven. And he gives us the keys to heaven's power and to heaven's provision. See, all of God's resources, it's like like a bank book of heaven. They're all up there. They're waiting for us to draw upon them and to receive them. They're full of assets, ready to meet needs. You know, as we begin to serve, as we serve God and the Holy Spirit, it enables us to reach out and to draw down the power of God and to place it at the point of need. We need the power of God. See, the Christian life without the Holy Spirit is hard work. It can be hard. Look at religion. It's hard. It's legalistic. You know, it's not enjoyable. The Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit is impossible. But Jesus promised that he came to give us life and life in abundance. He promised to give us joy. And, and so we get frustrated. We, we see needs. We kind of think, oh, we can't do anything about it. We feel frustrated about it. We look and wish we could do something. But we can do something. In the world in which God has placed us, in our own small way, with God's enabling, we can make a difference in our world. We do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the first point I want to put down here is that we are dependent on power. Think about it. We are dependent on power. We live in a society that is dependent upon power. Like even here today, you know, we've got all the bright lights and we've got the sound system and we've got the air conditioning. We've got all these electrical things that are going on out there using power. Our society would find it very difficult for us to function uh, without it. It would be a shambles. We couldn't just imagine if we had a life without power. You get up in in the morning, cold shower, might solve the problem of the kids being in there too long, you know, but anyway, it's a <clears throat> we get to work and there's no computer, there's no copy machine, worst of all, there's no coffee, and uh, then we go and we get home again and we got cold meat and we get salad and no TV, no Coronation Street, no Shortland Street. <laughs> Starting to sound good, actually, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not bad, it could be good, it could work. See, we are dependent on power. We also need a spiritual power. See, the power is there when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it's no good unless you act upon it. See, power is no good. Even in the natural, power is no good unless you act upon it. See, it is no use until you begin to step out and to use that power. How do we use the power of God that is available to us? How do we use the power of the Holy Spirit when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit? See, there are different kinds of power in the world today. First of all, you have like, there's an uncontrolled power. You see like an electrical storm that's uh, going on now, re- releases millions of volts of electricity in the air. We used to live up in Vanuatu and, and there'd be these electrical storms and you'd look out and the whole of the sky was like alive with lightning just going around the, there was like very, very impressive. It was like amazing just to look out and look at it. But for us, the power was useless. It was no good. We can't harness it. All this tremendous power that was there in the atmosphere, but we couldn't even use it to light up one little light bulb. 
It was uncontrolled power. See, sometimes you see ministries like this. See, min- people have the call of God on their life. They have faith. They, sometimes they get baptized in the Holy Spirit and they begin to move in the miraculous. But, oh man, they're like a loose cannon. Man, you see them out there. There's no control or direction in their ministry. They're just out there. You know, they've learned, they, they, they've learned the power of God and learned faith, but, but there, there is no control on it. And, and their ministry look, can look really impressive. It can take off for a while, but it ends up being destructive and hurting people. And, and there's no wisdom in using the power that is available. But then there's a controlled power. If you, if you go down to the Waikato River every now and again, you see these dams that, that are, are harnessing the water and, and turning generators that give to us power that we can use. See, power can be harnessed. Power can be controlled. It, it can be directed. Uncontrolled power can be dangerous. It's, it's harnessed power can be useful. Uncontrolled power can be dangerous. See, I, I can walk into the room and I can just flick a switch and instantly lights uh, come on, darkness vanishes. You've got a, like a little light switch in, in a bulb only just worth a few dollars and uh, a bit of plastic, a bit of tin, a little bit of uh, glass maybe and, and, and we flick the switch and all of a sudden we are controlling tremendous power that is there available. You ever visited a hydro station or a power station? When we were kids, they used to always take us to these different ones. So I've been like to hydro, you know, to coal, to steam. And, and you go down there and, and you see these huge generators that are, that are churning out power. And it's like millions of times more powerful than the power of a human hand. And yet we control that power with just a flick of a switch. It's like it's amazing. You know, we, we find that, that we have a need. And, and so maybe I want to uh, drill a hole. So I, I take my drill and I plug it in and uh, I apply it to where the need is. I pull the switch and the drill drills a hole. The tremendous power that's available through these big hydro stations and power stations through the country... I'm controlling the power that's coming from them just by using my little finger, just by pulling a a switch there. See, the Holy Spirit is like this. Tremendous power of God. All the resources of heaven are available to us. And and we're like this little $5 plastic switch. We're like useless on on our own. And, and, but God gives us power to meet needs. God, God places before me a need. God puts me in situation as I respond to the call of God in my life. God shows me things. And he says, now if you just apply faith to that situation, power will flow from heaven and through you. You say, well, I'm just a little $5 switch. God says, I know that. But you can go in there and you can go in my power. You can go in my authority. You can restore the kingdom of God into that situation if you just move in faith. You say, God, I don't know how to do that. God says, just simply apply faith into that situation. You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. All of the power of God is available to you. 
all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit available to you. If you just go into that situation, you apply faith in that situation, the power of God will begin to flow and, 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 and touch that area. Jesus says, just have faith. Just have faith. You can move a mountain. Just have faith. You say the word. Just have faith. Just lay hands on the sick person. Just have faith. Just step out and I'll provide the needs that you have there. See, we could walk into this room and because it's all darkness and there's no sound and, and no power and, and somebody says, why don't you light this place up? It's cold in here. Put the heaters on. I can't hear what's happening. Turn on the sound. I said, don't be stupid. I can't make power. You know, maybe, maybe find someone full of hot air. They might warm the room up a little bit or not. I don't know, you know. But, you know, and the person says, what about the switch? Have you turned the switch on? The power is already there. We just have to let it flow. I think, oh, duh, I didn't, I've never thought about that, you know. <laughs> Jesus said to the disciples, don't go out and preach the gospel until you have received the power of the Holy Spirit. When you've received the power of the Holy Spirit, then you just step out in faith and the power will begin to flow into that situation that you find yourself. They were already followers of Jesus Christ. They had already received the Holy Spirit. Remember, if you know the stories here, Jesus breathed on the disciples. He said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. They'd already been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But they did not have the power of the Holy Spirit for ministry. And Jesus said, don't go and try and do my work until you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. When that happens, you'll receive power. You'll be equipped to do the work I'm asking you to do. On the day of Pentecost, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. The power came. They started speaking in tongues. How did, what does that mean? The Holy, gifts of the Holy Spirit were beginning to be at work in their life. Power, uh, speaking in tongues is not the only evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is an evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's an evidence that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are now beginning to flow. They're beginning to work. They're available for ministry. It's just one of the gifts there, not the total package. And they went out and they began preaching and teaching and laying hands upon the sick and applying the power of God to people's needs. And, and the Holy Spirit began to flow. People's lives were being touched. Remember the disciples? You know, Peter was just a, a rough, uneducated fisherman. Others were just ordinary people. They prayed for someone, and, and, and this man, and he was healed. People said this, so they said, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. In Acts chapter 19 and, uh, and Acts chapter 14, verse 9 to 11, we find that uh, Paul and Barnabas come across this man that's got, he's, he's crippled in his feet and uh, he'd never walked and, and he's listening to Paul speak and as he's listening to Paul speak, faith begins to grow in his life and faith is, uh, the atmosphere is beginning to be filled with faith and all of a sudden, you know, Paul says to them, stand on your feet. And the man jumped up and began to walk and, and the people, they thought they were God's. They, Paul and Barnabas had to stop the crowds because they're saying the gods are amongst us. And, and Paul and Barnabas had to say to them, no, no, we are only men. We're only human just like you. 
They had the Holy Spirit's power flowing through them. They had faith to see that this man could be healed. The power of the Spirit. You know, when the power of the Spirit and faith meet, then miracles begin to happen. I can remember my own life and I was began to, God began to open me up to this area of the Holy Spirit and, and uh, uh, I was going to uh, a meeting Bill Sabrisky had in his home. He had just recently been baptized in the Spirit as well and, and uh, really seeking God in this area. So one night I went and, and he prayed for me and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The next weekend, we were going away with a, a couple of friends of ours down to Marilyn's parents' uh, holiday place. And this couple were skeptical about what had happened and came from the same background as what we came from. And uh, so we went down there and, and uh, the lady, she, she got a, a migraine. She used to get these migraines all the time. And uh, we got down there on the Friday night, the Saturday she woke up, she had a migraine. She had it all Saturday and into the night she had it as well. We had taken our cat down there. And... Um, it's this lady, she's, she's in the middle of the night and she prays and she says, God, if what Luke and Marilyn are talking about is real, can you wake, him up, wake them up? Our cat started fighting with another cat down there just at that point. And uh, so Marilyn got up to see what was up with the cat and so then woke me up. And, and we prayed for our friend and the migraine went. She never had another migraine for years and years and years after that. I thought, I've never had that happen in my life before. I've never prayed for anybody and they've been healed. I've never seen the power of God. I, you know, I grew up in a church that was a strong word-based church and I praise God for that. But we never saw God do anything miraculous like that. See, all of a sudden, the power was available. The power was being released. See, stepping out in faith, it's like putting the plug in and turning on the switch. See, we go, we go charging off to work, you know, kiss the wife goodbye, shooting out to the car. We forgot the keys. She's in there thinking, he'll be back. <laughs> Next minute we're coming back in, you know. We need to get the keys to put into the car, you know. Jesus said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. See, the key is faith. The motor is the Holy Spirit, you know. It doesn't work. One doesn't work without the, the other. Faith is available, uh, power is available to us, but by faith we need to step into that and we will see the power begin to flow out of the Holy Spirit's power. See, the power of the Holy Spirit, if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, when we gather like this in the morning, we're just another club. We could be the Rotary, the Lions, the Round Table or something like that. We come as a little group of people and, and we raise a bit of money when we do some good works and we go and do something. We're just another club. But when we meet together and the power of God is there, the power of God is available to change lives, to miraculously move in situations. How do we get this power? First of all, we must be emptied. We must be emptied. See, our lives can be, you know, you get a glass and, and it's filled up with pebbles and then you put water in there and the amount of water that can go into the glass is dependent on how many pebbles are in there. You know, sometimes we can fill our lives with activities, we can fill our lives with our careers, we can fill our lives with sports, we can fill our lives with fears and unbelief, we can fill it with 
with unforgiveness, bitterness. We can even fill it with religion and religious traditions. We can fill it with all sorts of things, and what happens is God just gets the leftover. Psalm 139 is a good prayer. It says, verse 23, 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad and lead me along the path of everlasting life. If you're hungry for God, you need to be emptied. Get rid of those things that are a barrier between you and God. You know, really have a hunger and search after him. Second thing is that we must pray for it. Acts chapter 3 verse 31, it says, When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. It was as the disciples devoted themselves to prayer, then we find that the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. Prayer empties our hearts. Prayers, we come to God and we say, God, we are dependent on you. We've got nothing to offer. We're dependent on you. See, if you want to know the power of the Holy Spirit, let me encourage you, earnestly pray for it. Earnestly pray for it. See, the third one I've got down here is we must earnestly desire the power. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The old Pentecostals, when, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of God began to be restored to the church. If you look at church history, you'll see where the church goes right away from God, and God gradually restores truth back to the church again. So when, um, when it came to the area of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the early pioneers... The Bible tells us that they would have towering meetings. You know, they would just be pressing into God. You know, John's so old, he probably remembers those, do you? Hey, awesome, eh? Hey? Yeah. <laughs> they have these towering meetings, you know, searching, pushing into God. You know, they would pray and pray for the Spirit's power. Let me tell you, if you're not hungry enough for God, that you're willing to pay whatever price, you will not be filled. You need to seek God with all of your heart. And the next one, you must receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to wait until you've been a Christian for five or ten years or anything like that. You just receive. See, the gift of salvation is God's gift to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And the gift of salvation is God's gift to the whole world. But the gift of the Holy Spirit is God's gift to his people, the church. See, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Do you notice how often when, you, when you're reading your Bible and you see the words fire and power are often in the same sort of passages there. The Holy Spirit is the firepower of God. You know, it's the power there, you know, that uh, factor in, in the Christian life. He's not like an op optional extra. That you think, I'm a Christian, I don't need that. No, it's not an optional extra. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. It's actually a command. You know, you need the power. It's like you buy a car and you, and you think, oh, you get a few optional extras, you get a turbo... Most cars have that as standard now, don't they? But, you know, you can get, you know, all the extras, the bags and all the different stuff, you know. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra. 
You know, you, you need the power of God. If you are going to function in the area of the calling of God and see the fullness of God, what God wants to do through your life in this world, in your lifetime, you need the power of God to enable you to do that. See, Jesus knew that the early church would be no match for the devil once he left. He says, don't go out there. He says, don't try and do my work. Wait. And he says, wait, and you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. That will give you the firepower to go out and to do the work that I've called you to do. Amen. Let me really encourage you. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, start a search. Start a journey. It will take you on the most exciting journey that you've ever been on in your life. To know the power of God working through your life to fulfill his purposes through your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the power of the Spirit. Thank you for the Holy Spirit at work amongst us, O oh God. Lord, we, we, we love the fullness of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We love the fullness of what you're doing uh, in our lives. And Father, we just pray, O oh God, that each one of us will know what it is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome word. Praise God. Yeah. What a great word from Pastor.